All right, welcome in to another episode of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. I'm A.J. Hoffman, your affable host, joined as always by the one and only two-time Super Contest winner, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how we doing, bud? I am excellent. This is going to be the greatest pod ever. Tell your friends, don't miss this one. It's going to be epic. Yeah, there's some some interesting stuff to talk about. Um a, a specifically, like we're talking money laundering, we're talking fraud. We're, there's lots of crazy stuff going on, uh, and I'm excited to dig into that. First, though, like we tend to do, let's start with a fez tale. Every day that let's talk about the fez dac 2007. You know, it's been 15 years, and what was the FESDAC? There was a naysayer out there, Jeff Jones. And I haven't seen Jeff in years. I hope he's okay. But he was always... I heard that he went somewhere and drank a bunch of punch and killed himself. That oh, that was, was Jim. Gatorade thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thousand people died. We can't... Uh, okay, this was Jeff, his brother. Well, Jeff was always <laughs> a naysayer. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but he uh, always questioned, you know, all the touts people that gave out picks sure. and the likes and, oh, these guys don't win. They don't actually bet themselves. I'm like, well, I win. I bet myself. And he's like, yeah, sure you do. And I, and I said, I tell you what, I'll, I'll prove it to you. You know, if you want to invest in what I'm betting and I can give you a small piece of it. And so he did. So he gave me a thousand dollars. And from that day forward, that was the FezDAC. All right. I, that's what we called it. It wasn't official. a play. Is it a play on the NASDAQ? I, yeah. yeah. So okay. I, so I just cut him in on like one twentieth and one tenth of the bets that I was making. So um, basically, uh, this was 2007. There was still all kinds of rogue numbers sure. all over Nevada. I'd go everywhere from you know Prim to um, oh gosh, I think Poker Palace had their own lines. You go up to Summerlin, and um, like the Rampart had their own lines. It wouldn't be unusual if you're shopping around that an NFL line could be three, and you'd you get a clean three and a half without a you know without much of a sweat. You know, uh, the station casinos are still letting you buy onto the three for ten cents. Mm. So a line could be like three and a half at half the places, four at the other half. Station at three and a half. If you wanted to lay minus three, lay twenty. Like sure, no yeah. problem. Yeah, so you get the idea. And, and, and so long story short, the, the Fez deck was around for less than a year. The initial $1,000 Jeff Jones piece grew to 10000 and then we cashed it out at the, at the end of the Super Bowl. So the end of what are many uh, pro betters fiscal year ends at the end of the Super Bowl. And it was just it, it just illustrated not that I was a great handicapper, but just that I was a really good better and could take advantage of really good numbers. Curiously, the FESDAC lost money during baseball season playing all these rogue underdogs because guess what? Plus 190 teams, they don't win. They yeah. lose on a nightly basis. You know, even like a good example, like for years, a guy who's been very successful in, in various sports, uh, Dr. Bob, for instance, mm-hmm. got, got his clock clean trying to beat baseball and finally just deleted deleted all evidence of it from his website. Oh, I don't do baseball anymore. So here's a guy who's an analytics-driven guy, and the numbers say the Orioles have value against the Yankees, but they don't win. They simply don't win, all things being equal. And we've got – Mackenzie ran these numbers, I know – if if you have a minus two twenty favorite, take back two hundred on the dog and gun to my head. Who do I like? Well, I like the Dodgers. 
And I like the Yankees. Yeah, I like the, good the Astros. Teams. I like good teams. Yeah, and I, I want no part of Kansas City catching plus 205. And I don't, but what if the Kansas City's plus 218? They still lose. So, um, it, so it's been that way for 15 years now. Now, did you, did you get an apology? After the uh, the Fez day, we became friends. Jeff Jones. Oh, ah, okay. He even like we found a cat Caesar and even adopted the cat wow. Caesar. Like outside of our Meridian apartment, we see this white Persian cat that's just wandering around with matted hair, abandoned during the Great Recession of two thousand seven. Uh-huh. On so the owner had moved out and left the cat, and so we we're trying to find the cat a home, and we found one with Jeff Jones. Okay. Well, look at there you. There you go. It's a, a happy ending to this Fez tale. That's great news. But I, does, is his doubt in the industry still there, or did he did he say, okay, there's exceptions to to my theory? He still questioned the industry, and rightfully so. All right. So sure. and 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 with good reason because I what's fair we talked about it. Yahoo Sports has ten sports betting experts, and one of them is Clucko the Chicken. So. If Clucko the Chicken is, is in your top ten, it's just like it's I, I I we've spoken about this before. It's just big joke. It's just a bunch of entertainment. Yet wait a minute, hold on a second. There's people it's an insult to people who actually bet and win for a living and take it all seriously that they could have that they could even throw Clucko the chicken out there. Imagine we talk about that, the invest having an investment show, and we'll just have like some pig just oink and what's to, I like Bitcoin. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Bitcoin. What? You know, it's like it's not a joke. Some people are actually good at this. It's rare, um, but I, I I will say buyer beware, and it would rarely be right. This is terrible, but I'm gonna say it. The more attractive someone is on a video that gives out a pick, male or female, I'm not biased. Okay, the more likely it is that they don't win. Because this goes back to my friend Kevin O'Neill's coaching theory. He calls it the fried food coaching theory. That What was the Kansas coach that went to the Orange Bowl? Mark Mangino. Mark Mangino was, was a guy that would no alumni would ever want you to hire Mark Mangino. He looked like he should be working for some trucking company, you know, routing um, the where the trucks are going and the like. Uh, this is not a natural leader of young men. So the fact... That he got hired and was successful means he must have been one of the greatest coaches of all time. Well, let's go into uh, guys in this industry that are phony and and bozos, and it's a it's a good I, I think a good uh, transition into the story of Corey Zeidman, who is a former World Series of Poker bracelet winner, and he is now. He's going to be playing. He's going to be playing with a different crowd. Let's say, <laughs> like, he's not going to be at the Bellagio. He'll be play. He might be playing spades or or heart. I don't know what they're going to be playing. But where he's going, he'll be playing for cigarettes. That's what. That's what it sounds just, like. Just, just like the worm and rounders. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I will see what happens. But the allegations are such. So Corey's. I. This is a fascinating story. Uh, he, like you said, um, did win a bracelet. You know, pump the brakes a little bit on him being a great poker player, all right? Because just to put things in context, I finished 20th in a World Series of Poker event, all right? So I didn't win a bracelet, but I won- I lost a race to finish 20th where I got knocked out. If I win that race, I'm, I'm in the top 10. I could, you know, I'm at a final table. Sure. So I'm a pretty good poker player. I am by no means 
any kind of great poker player. All right. So, so I mean, I, but I certainly could have won a bracelet in that six handed, and there was four thousand, three thousand people that entered. Yeah. Whatever. So I had a, I had a nice run, and people are like, "Well, you enter a hundred tournaments, you're going to get one of those." Yeah, I enter I enter like one tournament every other year. You know? Right. It's, it's very rare that I have time to play in in any events. Um, but uh, so so Corey is this poker player. And he's most known for one hand, where he was a complete and utter jerk to Jennifer Harmon in the 2005 main event. And I played with Jennifer Harmon along with pretty much, you know, every, you know, poker pro. And I'm not a poker pro, but a classy lady, universally liked. They get involved in the hand. And Jennifer Harmon, I won't, I'll spare you all the gory details. I, I feel like I, I've seen several Jennifer Harmon videos on, on YouTube. Has she ever won a hand? Because it's always, it's always the bad beat videos starring oh, Jennifer and, and, Harmon. And poor Jennifer Harmon had to get like a kidney transplant. She had some tough, you know, health issues. She's a cute lady. Um, and bottom line is she has a full house. The money's almost all the money's go, going in. And Corey Zyman has a straight. So he's, he's drawing dead to one card. He needs the seven of diamonds. That's the only card in the deck he can win with. And the seven of diamonds comes up, and you can see Harmon. You can, she's so such a smart lady. You can see her, and she's like, hmm, there's a tiny chance this idiot played the eight, nine of diamonds against me and just made a straight flush. But that's unlikely, and we've got like 80% of her money in, so she yeah. just goes all in. And all the right? queen of diamonds is in her hand. In her hand. She's got a blocker. Corey thinks he's, he's got, you know, one of the— one of the big mistakes poker players make is you have an open-ended straight flush, all right, and the board's paired. It's not worth very much. You're, you're, you're beaten to a full house to two outs, but in this case, it's one out because yeah. the flush and the straight don't help you at all. He already had the dumb end of the straight with the 8-9. So she could add an ace-king, and what's funny in the hand, he's saying, oh, I was worried you had ace-king. The board has paired dumb-dumb. Ace-king ace doesn't weak. matter. <laughs> ace-king is weak. There's no way Jennifer Harmon is going crazy with Ace King. She's got Ace King beaten, and Ace King has you beat. Your eight nine is garbage, and yet he happily is putting in the money. But then finally, so she 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 puts them all in. And he's like he pauses, he thinks, he slow rolls. It's like I guess I can do a lot of sightseeing if I lose this hand. Finally, he says, "All right, I'm all in." And then after the fact, he said, "Well, I didn't know if she was all in already." So, but because he said all in instead of saying call, right? But even though he is, was the lower but, lower stack. But the point is, there was so much money, and there was no reason to Hollywood and to like do all that, and and the like. And I love her reaction. She's she's like, I knew you had that hand. And then he's talking to the cameras and the like, and she is just 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 I fucking hate this. Guy. Although I do hate when they say, I knew you had that hand. Well, you knew as soon as he flipped it up. I well, but, but what you she, don't put him all in if you know he's got that hand. I think she said, "I knew you had that hand." And went after his stupid speech that he made. Oh, okay. 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 So after she, he said, "Oh, the sightseeing thing," and like, "Well, I got a call," you know, it's like, and that—that's when she knew for sure. So she basically she knew he was an asshole then. Yeah, but but the bottom <laughs> but the bottom line is, like, she you got once you have more than half your money in the pot, and you got a good hand, you have to call. Although there's one guy laid down aces recently. I saw with like three quarters of the money in the pot, but. I, I digress. So Corey is an ass, according to that hand alone. All right. Okay. I, I see that hand. I'm like, boy, this guy. Huh? I don't. I don't like this. You know, it's one thing to like slow roll. Like Mike Matisau got slow rolled once by another poker pro, but Mike Matisau's an ass. So if you want to slow roll him, or, or Phil Helmuth, now we can have a conversation. You know, where whatever. Um, so now here, here it comes. Allegation. Seventeen years later, apparently. 
Corey Zeidman's been running this group, and this is fascinating. So people are getting in trouble left and right for insider trading in the stock market. They're going to jail for this, all right? Corey Zeidman might be going to jail for not insider trading, for claiming to have inside information when he didn't have it. So apparently he was part of this group. And, and, you know, they advertise locally here in Vegas, and they would come on and say, you know what, every Monday night game, in fact, every Monday night game, Jets, Giants, we have the inside information. There's one piece of information that it's going to determine who covers this game, and we have it and no one else has it. Like, like every single NFL team, they've got a mole there, and they're throwing the game, you know, or whatever. And here in Vegas, people are savvy. They're like, yeah, you know what? Nigerian Prince has a small fortune sure, sure for me. Yeah, no thank you. But apparently, like, they had suckers, I mean, investors that, like, paid millions and millions of dollars over this period of time. And finally, now he's being brought to justice, and maybe there's an internal mole that is disclosing, hey, we don't have any of this information, but I have to ask you this. How does this go on for 15 years? When I mean, everyone knows they don't have inside information. You know it. I know it. Mackenzie knows it. We all know it. We all know you can't bet your children's children's children on a game because it's a lock. So this is the way the indictment reads. It says, Zeidman and his associates placed radio ads in various markets which falsely advertise a, quote, sophisticated white-collar approach to gathering sports information and promised wagering as investing, not high-risk gambling. Uh, You had to call a phone number where you heard, amongst other things, that certain sporting events were predetermined or fixed and that Zeidman and his associates had privileged or inside information from team physicians and television executives. Listeners were asked to pay for this information, which Zeidman and his associates claimed would lead to zero-risk wagers. Yeah. Um, and we all watched the movie The Firm. The second you, you licked that stamp and put it in the mailbox that and you were charging more hours than you actually worked, you were committing mail fraud, punishable by six months, up to six months in prison and a $10,000 fine per event, right? You remember that. Yeah, and how much, and I don't know if you've read the story to know how much money he got out of this scam. Like, what seems like, how long could you go on with this before you get called to the carpet on it? Well, everybody. But the thing about the scam is, this is commonplace. Everyone, it's crazy. Everyone does it. Like you, like like before any Monday night game, just go like every single station. There, there's a tout advertising how great they are and making Doug claim. Stone, Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Locks. Steve Stevens here. Well, you can, <laughs> you can move on this game as if it's already been played. Hey, at least Steve Stevens bets. So I have no idea how well he does. I'm, 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 is Steve, Steve Stevens, whatever number Stevens, you know, it's like, you know, I, I give more credit to even at least the guy's bet, you know, with the fair, with the, I don't know how well they do or they, or that they don't do, but I, I do know that as soon as they start saying you can count on this and it's, um, you know, and it's guaranteed and like, so hopefully this will be good for the industry that people will stop. You know what? It's fine to guarantee a pick when you say, you know, I'm going to guarantee this wins or you're not going to pay anything, you know, to, to purchase it. That's a perfect. We do that at pregame. Sure. Yeah, you know, that's a perfectly fine guarantee. But it's never guaranteed to win that in, 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 in terms of the information we have. I mean, think about it. If you if you could I always use. If you could hit 60%, all right, mm-hmm. over 1,000 picks, all right? Um, yeah, 1,000 picks. No, it's 2,000 picks, excuse me. You have $1,000, 
and you and you go ahead and you bet 10% of your bankroll. All right, you take your best bet every day, all right? And you bet 10% of your remaining bankroll on one play. And you do it for five years. I believe it grows to be a billion dollars. Okay. It's yeah. like, it, it, and people are like, well, you couldn't get down, you know, that much money. I'm like, I'm like, that's not the point. The point <laughs> is, the point is, there's not a lot of guys who start with a couch that are like, no, damn, I got 15 million and I can't get down 150,000 on right. my best bet today. And that's the thing. Like, you would think if, if they did indeed have this information, then they would take whatever money like if i had information on a can't risk or can't lose wager there's no risk involved and i said you give me a thousand dollars i'll give you my information i would take your thousand dollars and immediately roll it into this can't lose wager because it can't lose there's nothing there's no better investment to make than a no can't doubt. lose wager no 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 doubt and the truth is there are some wagers especially prop wagers that like a good example there is there are absolute guaranteed cannot lose wagers. They're so rare, but they do come up. Draymond Green, when Clay came back after injury, mm-hmm. played 18 seconds, and then he exited the game. Yeah. Draymond, under whatever it was, 21 and a half points, rebounds, assists, and he played 18 seconds. That's it's hard to do. Yeah, but those are so few and far between, and those and those do come up. But guess what? You get information like that, you don't f around selling it to the to to, to to everyone. You just bet it with both fists until you know you're out of money. So here's what uh, what ended up happening. He had multiple uh, company names: Gordon Hayward Global, Ray Palmer Group, Grant Sports International. That's it. The Ray Palmer Group. They would always come. You know, they used to have and locally a very well liked guy, and unfortunately he passed away. Ballpark Frank would come on. At you know, and and interview him and give him give him credibility. And I remember I spoke to Frank. I'm like, you know, what are you doing? You know, this, uh, th- th- come on. You know, you're you're pre-recording three days ahead of the yeah. commercial that you've got inside information on a game. Well, you know what the radio guy's doing? He they're paying him to to bring them on air. Well, that's the thing. Is the poor guy? You know, I mean, what, what, what if radio Sorkin, stations rarely turn down money. Let me tell you that. Well, that and and that's the thing. It's it, it, it's like I got a question. Like, wait a minute, this was such an obvious, you know, violation. And it was obvious to everyone. We all knew there's no yeah. inside information on, on any of this stuff. So it just shows how local radio stations are fairly, I hate to use the word desperate, but really, they, you know, they need the money. And their employees need the money. You know, and it's, a hard, it's easy for me to, like, holier than thou and, 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 and ethics and, like, okay, Mr. Ethics, now you go into the freaking office and lay off these three employees. Right. And I, I personally had a... a when I was in Houston, there was a time where uh, they wanted me to represent and promote a sports betting website, mm. a sports betting website that I knew was not on the up and up mm. and was going to I, whatever. I knew if I did it, if I took money from them, that I was going to have to hear shit from my listeners, and like, and then I'd feel like I was responsible, right, for their bad business. Because you're indirectly endorsing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was. I or just directly said endorsing directly endorsing it. it. So yeah. I just said no. I'm I'm not going to take their money. I, I, was, I was like I get. I mean, if you want to, if they want to, you know, pay to run commercials during my show, that's fine. I'm not going to, in my voice, come on air and say, hey, use this website because I would never tell my friends to use this website ever, ever, yeah, ever. As a good example, I, I won't name a specific sports, but a whole bunch of sports books out there are hyping and advertising same game parlays. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, that's, you know what? 
same game parlays are exciting and they're fun and people enjoy them. And so just like taking a blackjack side bet on things, mm-hmm. you know, that, that people bet those and they like that and they have fun. But in no way am I ever going to endorse it. Right. You know, so that I mean, but 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 that's that's for the listener to decide for himself whether he wants to enjoy it. And, you know, if you can put down um, uh, what, what they say, you put down um, a match and you can win, you know. I always uh, a, a, a lumberyard. So. Yeah, when I've been I've been playing more blackjack lately, and, and oftentimes someone will sit down at the table with me and they'll, oh, what's this? What are these two games? And I, they're like, well, it, is it good? Like, and I I always say, if they if they put it on the table, it's probably not so they can give you more money. Yeah, the house <laughs> the house edge in a typical blackjack game, not for non counters, like half a percent. Right. For these side bets, it's anywhere from like. Typically, ten to twenty percent. So, it's, so their edge is like twenty times as big as for the you know j- just the traditional game. You've been winning at blackjack uh, lately, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Getting there, getting there. I've got some Get, uh, some strat- some now. strategy going getting my lucky. way. Yeah, yeah. Shocker. I'm going by the book. Uh, yes. Good. Yeah, and it says here, as alleged, Zeidman defrauded his victims, stole their life savings, persuaded them to drain their retirement accounts to invest in his sports uh, bogus sports betting group. Also, he could spend it on international vacations, a multi-million dollar residence, and poker tournaments. That's what the U.S. Uh, attorney, Breon Peace, said. Today's indictment serves as a reminder to all of us to be very wary of so-called investment opportunities that purport to have inside information as they are really a gamble not worth taking. I'd like to congratulate Jen, Jen Harmon, wherever she is today. I, I am going to... Go ahead and make a prediction that she's having a very, very good day today. And what's funny is we've kind of, we kind of discussed this off air. If he actually had this information and was selling it, I don't know that he'd be going to prison. But because he lied and said, I've got inside information, and he didn't, that's when it becomes fraud. And, and that's why... It really is comical that everyone else goes to prison for misusing insider information, and apparently Corey Zeidman is in trouble for not having. Yeah, it's, dude. It, I mean, or maybe it's a different charge. I don't know, but it's at least get the information if you're going to sell it. The, the The bottom line is, and people would come back and, and say to me, "Well, wait a minute. You sell your picks. How is how is that different?" Well, I'm always out there saying there's no guarantee I'm going to win in any one year. It's difficult to win versus widely available lines. And I, and I, I'm open and upfront. I bet every pick I make before I give it out, unless I think it's going to move in the other direction. And then I'll say, you know, I'm going to play this at post, but you know, as an example, I go ahead and bet, I bet the Celtics under 204 and a half bang. As soon as I lock in what my normal bet size is, then I give it out to my clients. And you're like, but doesn't that make it harder for your clients to win? Yes. Yes, it does make it harder for them to win because I can infect the market with my own bets. Yeah. So, you know. It, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And, but it's, there's a big difference between what you're talking about and what this guy's doing. Oh. I mean, this guy is saying, I've, I've got something that no one else has, and, and he's got nothing. And, like, 
creating three shell organizations to give all give out different picks. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Ray Palmer group was giving out jets when they're playing the Giants and like the other one of the other shell organizations was giving out the over and a third one was giving right. out the under. You yep. get the idea. All right, let's uh, move on. I, you know what? Where we'll go next is you are familiar with someone who had a nice ticket during the PGA Championship that looked really nice on Sunday. Yes. So, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Pereira. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mito. Mito Pereira is 300 to 1. I guess he closed like 175. All right. And, um, you know, professional gambler. Oh, my good. Oh, my Rufus Peabody. So Rufus has him at 300 to 1. And he comes on. It's interesting. They ask him, do you hedge? He goes, no. It's negative EV. I'm getting priced as being, you know, the current yes, no on him is, is um, I actually, if I didn't have a bet, he, he argued, I would have bet on him to win the tournament at that point going into the final round and like. So bottom line is he was going to win zero or 150,000. He wound up winning zero because um, um, the uh, Pereira put it in the water on 18, yeah. the one shot lead. But, you know, it's a fascinating question about hedging and when to hedge and when not to hedge. And like by contrast, and I certainly mathematically, you know what? I agree with Rufus that most of your hedges are going to be negative EV. Now, if you've got a network of guys that you work with and you, know, you start making phone calls around and you're like, hey, I want to bet against Pereira. Maybe somebody likes Pereira. Maybe someone was about to bet on Pereira. And now I'll give them a better price. You can bet on Pereira, and now I get an anti-Pereira bet sure. to make some money. You know, just call around, like, call guys like Crackman, uh, whoever. Um, Steve Fezzik. Steve Fezzik. Hey, you know what? You don't get what you don't ask. You know what? If anybody's, like, ever, like, like tonight's game's a good good example. So you've got, you know, Dallas, Golden State. I'm like, ah, lean a little to the under. So maybe somebody likes over. They're like, if they call me up and say, I want to bet over 215 and a half, even money. You want to take the under? I'm like, sure, gentlemen's bet, sure. I mean, we're not booking bets. We're not. Sure. You know, we don't have a gaming license. It's just a bet between two buddies, you know, type of thing. Sure. And even money, I take under two fifteen and a half. Of course, you know, diff- just differing opinions. But I so I respect that Rufus. If he has a, if he does indeed have a really big bankroll, and he chose not to hedge, that's okay. But what's interesting is the contrast amongst the sharps. So like Derek Stevens owns the D, owns the Golden Gate, owns the Circa, mm-hmm. billionaire, I believe, and like. He'll have big positions and he'll hedge it. And I'm like, well, if a billionaire can hedge, maybe uh, maybe it's, it can't be all that wrong, or maybe it is wrong. You know, he'll play back a little. So I, I think it's rarely wrong psychologically to say, you know what, I made a really profitable bet, and it may or may not win. But you know what, they say in Wall Street, no one went, everyone broke, taking a profit. So take some profit. You don't I'm, have to hedge the whole thing. That's why you see a lot of these sites now will give you the option to sell your, you know, sell your ticket. But Before they rip the you off. The cash out is the problem. And yes. they've got the, pro- the prop swap. And, you know, these guys, are, these are great guys on prop swap. I really like all the guys. But their product is hopelessly flawed because it's like a 10% charge to, 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 you know, processing fee, whatever. And they need that to make a profit. But the bottom line is um, it's so few and far between. Once you, you look at that onerous middleman for there ever to be a situation that you want to, you know, buy or sell on a prop swap. I saw a guy who had a ticket on Mito as well, and he sold out of his ticket as soon as he hit the tee shot into the water. And obviously didn't get what he had hoped for, but when that ball went in the water, it wasn't over for him. Pretty over. 
right? It, I mean, it certainly put him what as was his chance of boging at that point. It put, it put him as an underdog for sure, but you didn't know if you know, he had a one-stroke lead. Right. So he's still alive. Right. And now what's his over-under on the whole five? five and it's yeah, par it's four, probably five. five. And a half. Uh, I don't think five. I'm putting in the water, right? So now he's got a he, he drops mm-hmm. and he's out of position. So it's like it's like it, it would be like he hits a bad tee shot on a really hard hole and he's he and and he just lost his one stroke lead. So it'd be like he was tied and he hits a really bad tee shot. Yeah. So he's probably supposed to maybe maybe like three quarters of a stroke over par expectation. But, but I didn't watch it. At that point. Anything you can get out of that ticket's great. Well, so in, in that situation, it's great. Well, Rufus would argue, well, what's his expectation, and work it all through and see whether it was great or not. You know, but but I you know I can certainly understand so that. I take it that you disagreed with Rufus on this. You thought that he should have hedged out. I didn't mathematically completely disagree. I thought he was too quick to just dis- well, it's negative to dismiss EV. it. It's negative EV, and it's like wait now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got a guy no one's ever heard of before that's about to win a major tournament. Now, all you analytic geeks can go ahead and price how he's playing and the like and how he did in the Waste Management Open and whatever. But this is like, I think maybe your model should have a little, I've never won a major before, and it's hard, and there's a whole lot of pressure. So given that, maybe I should have a few more parameters for the, for the choke factor for a first-time major. And you know what? You don't have to have a positive EV bet. If you can just make a very, very tiny negative EV bet, like I said, call around. Never know what might yeah, – instead of just saying, nah, not going to do it. How about we're a little open-minded? And, and i got another sharp that, 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 like, crucified Rufus to me, where he's like, oh, that guy didn't lock in any profit. What He doesn't know what he's doing. It's like I think they're both drastically wrong. Rufus is, isn't as wrong as the other guy. I just think that be open-minded, flexible, and see, see what, what offers. See what you can get on Justin Leonard. See what you can get on Zalatoris. See what you can get – I guess he, Rufus already had Zalatoris also. But see what you can get on Pereira versus the field as things progress. And Rufus did, to his credit, he said something that I thought was very insightful. He's watching on TV. He knows he's going to get pass posted on his bets once the round starts because he's, he's on a 40-second delay and he doesn't get to see all the shots – and that's a, and so there's no way you can make a big wager because if um, Pereira goes ahead and eagles a hole, oh bang yeah yeah you're you're, you're you, you got your anti-Pereira bet right. and that's that's in baby yep you want some more, um, so so it's an interesting discussion now having said all that I'll do the oppo opposite of what Rufus did there's a guy Joe Pita, former Wall Street trader wrote an excellent book trading basis really good book on betting on baseball all right. And so I'd give that a, re- a high recommendation. There, he was in Survivor, and he was talking about the way he hedged his Survivor pick. He made a deep run with Survivor. Oh, my goodness. It's one of the worst um, um, recommendations or, or, or one of the, the worst. Um, the way he executed his trades to hedge was just mind-boggling bad to me. And he got accolades from several about, boy, this guy's showing you how, you know, how to do it. And I'm like, no, he's not. You don't drive from California four hours through snowstorms to get to Reno, <laughs> run around Reno, which doesn't have a very good sports betting marketplace in general, try to hedge all your, not just your survivor pick, but everyone else's, like to every decimal point. You're like, well, if five guys took Kansas City in the survivor, I need to bet on Kansas City. Like all this has to be negative EV. And then the kicker, and this point I like threw my cell phone against the wall and exploded was, I didn't really do that, but you get the idea. Yeah. He was like, well, 
when I was hedging, you know, my my team, I bet the other team to win, and I bought that. I wanted to buy the half point on the zero, pay the ten cents because I could get middle. My team could tie. It happened. Detroit oh, had a gosh. tie. And I'm like, you're getting charged ten cents some, for something that should be priced at under one cent. What are you doing? Oh. You know, it's just like I, I get it. If you don't have much of a bankroll, you want to be hedging some. Surely you can you can come up come up with better ways. Especially think about it, you're taking a favorite to win. I, I, I mean just I mean just you don't have to play the money line. You can you 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 can go ahead and just bet you know shop and and that's a big mistake people make with hedging too, where they have a favorite and they feel like and Mattress Mac just donked off a ton of money with the Super Bowl because he bet the Bengals on the money line to win the Super Bowl. And I spoke with, you know, Anthony Curtis works with Mattress Mac. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Cur- Curtis is super, super sharp. He's in the Blackjack Hall of Fame. Um, he's not in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame, but there's a lot of— Because he's not a bookmaker. There's a lot of administrative <laughs> bookmakers that vote for each other. That I, You know what? I don't think Jay Cornegay is in the—, the these really? the sports betting. I could be wrong about, but 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 to me that's like crazy. Jay Cornegay is like ten times the bookmaker of Art Manteras. Like that's just my opinion, but I, everyone I know would agree with me. He, he took this little imperial palace shit in the hall book and turned it into Prop Central, and and and, and it became one of the most popular sports books yeah. in the world. You know, solely from Jay's um, and his people, Ed Salmon's and the like um, abilities and the and the like. Um, so the, I, I digress. What was the question? Uh, we, well, we were, I mean, we were, you were talking about the negative EV and things like that. Uh, yeah. Well, we, yeah. The, so, so Joe Pete is like, uh, just, I'm like, wait a minute, slow down, Joe. You got a thousand dollar survivor entry. All right. Let's assume, I, I don't know what point of the year starts hedging. Let's assume 90% of the people have been knocked out. So it's worth $10,000. All right. It's not worth a million. It's worth 10,000. Yes. You could win a million. So. You have an entry worth ten thousand, so now I'm going to start driving to Reno, all weekend running around making negative EV bets just to like make sure I profit something. Um, now there will be people that disagree with me, but they're wrong. It's like if you if you took ten really really um, logical math based people and they evaluated like Rufus and, and, and Joe Pita, we could have a great discussion on whether Rufus was right or wrong. And I, I really think there's no specific right answer. But mathematically, I think Rufus holds up. That's fine not to hedge if he is a big bankroll. But the Joe Pita thing, oh, my God, do not listen to Joe Pita on how to hedge. He has no idea what he's doing. But his book is excellent on baseball. You said the biggest mistake people make hedging favorites. That's what you were getting at. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Going back to the Mattress Mac, it's like, well, I've got this furniture guarantee and I'm screwed if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, all right? So sure. So he bets on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Why bet the – we always talk about don't take the underdog and the money line in the Super Bowl. So he bets like plus 170 or plus 175, and he could have had plus four and a half. That's way better than betting plus 170. So why didn't you bet the Bengals catching the points? And for anyone who thinks I'm past posting and like, oh, it's the, oh that's easy to do after the fact, every year I talk about the Super Bowl, if you like the underdog – you take, take the, the points. points. If you like the favorite, you take the money line because unlike any other game, it's priced such that the recreational bettors will go ahead and bet the underdog to win outright. And there's a reason why the books say, what do you want on the Super Bowl? And they'll all smile and they'll say, boy, if we could just have the favorite win and not cover, I think we can put another tower in next year. Yeah. Uh, I I find it. Oh, oh, Anthony Curtis, I know, would have recommended to Mattress Mac 
to take the points. So, so it, I know Mattress Mac didn't, but remember, yeah. all Anthony is doing is giving advice. He's not the one. He's not the investment manager for Mattress Mac, and probably Mattress Mac has other reasons where he wouldn't want to say, "Ha ha, I made five million, but all you other guys at that's furniture guarantee got effed, and you got to pay me a uh, hundred cents on the dollar for your furniture. You get nothing." I do think it's a fascinating discussion. I think to me. The final answer falls on there's no black and white answer to is hedging right or wrong. I, I think it all there's so many variables. And it really does. A, a, a key item is your bankroll and how big sure. your bankroll is. And and to be to be fair, these guys at unabated apparently have a hedging bankroll question. And so Captain Jack shared it with me. I've had a truculent relationship with Captain Jack and some of his people. But what's, what's truculent mean? Um, I, I'm not, let's, sure. let's dumb it down a little. Like what's the, uh, I use the, I use the line that they, they it, it's a line from, uh, the movie, uh, da, 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 uh, with, um, show me the money. What's the show me the money. It, show uh, me the Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire, where they, they were the wide receivers, like not talking to aggressively management. defiant. Is that a the, 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 eager like, or quick to argue? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So like, like, like I'll say something and Jack will say, well, but this is an exception to what you said, and this is an exception to the rule. I'm like, it's Twitter, Jack. I can't, like, I, I said I said a half game is worth 45 cents in yeah. general when in NFL season wins. He's like, but it's not worth that on if, if you buy two points, and it's not worth that if it's teams lined at four wins. And I'm like, yes, I didn't have time to write the thesis, Jack. I'm well aware <laughs> of the exponential value of getting progressively more games, and if a team is lined, if Alabama's lined at 11 and they're supposed to win 12, and I buy a game under 12, I'll lay more than 200 on Alabama to go under 12 with a 12-game schedule. Thank you. But the um, but but the bottom line is that it, it's good discussion back and forth, and, and this unabated has an excellent um, spreadsheet or, or a, a program where you could just pop in what your bankroll is, what your probability of winning something is, and how much you should hedge, even if it's negative EV. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to promote our golf podcast uh, that you can find right here on this delightful feed. Did they have Pereira? They had Mito top forty at plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've both been they both obsessed with Mito Pereira. They've been saying he's like an up and coming guy, uh, but they did give out Justin Thomas sixteen to one to win. So they they had the best of both worlds. You know, on this I, thing. I did want to comment on Justin Thomas because. You know, and it's always easy after the fact, and I am past posting, and I apologize, but he got screwed so bad in rounds one and two because he had to play during the peak of the winds on both days. Mm-hmm. Normally, the winds are about the same each each day, but but apparently, like day one, the afternoon guys got hit with with with, with, with you know most of the winds. And then day two, the morning guys got hit with more wins. So JT on both days faced much the much rougher conditions, and he still did fine. He was six under, but if he had flipped that, he probably would have been ten under. Could, and, could and run away with this tournament. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into some NBA. And as we post here, or as we as we record here, Game Five of the Western Conference Finals is tonight. Uh, the Warriors up three one in that series. The Celtics took control in their series last night. They're now up 3-2. And let you know what? Right here, we'll play some audio from straight out of Vegas. And this is almost two weeks ago, uh, just one day short of two weeks ago. And we'll let you know what uh, Mr. Steve Fezzik thought. So McKenzie likes the Celtics tonight. I agree, but I'm going big with the Celtics here. My best bets, I'm going to give two of them. Celtics to win the series, plus 215. 
Celtics to win the NBA title 10 to 1. I want to make the case the Celtics are the best team in the NBA. I know they're down 3-2. You know why they're down 3-2? Because there's been two games in the series that were coin flips, and somehow Boston lost both of them to Milwaukee, who arguably is the second best team in the NBA. Celtics going to win the series in seven. They're going to win the NBA title. What odds are you going to give me Warriors-Celtics matchup exactly? I will lay minus 130 with Boston despite being on the road. Boy, that's got to feel pretty good right now. Yeah, if I can if I can win the Celtics 10 to 1, I'll get back the money that I lost in my 10 USFL losers. <laughs> Currently 4 and 10, full disclosure. 4 and 10 in the in the USFL and 25 and 10 in the NBA playoffs. I'm, and I'm still convinced the USFL is more beatable. So, McKenzie, what's the if Fez gave out ten to one? What are the odds that he would have to take today if he liked the Celtics to win the title? Plus one thirty-five. Well, feels like you're in a good position. You, you know. Now, here's the question: Off our last conversation, mm-hmm. is it time to hedge? You know, that's a great question because we don't want to hedge if it's negative EV. But now, here's something a lot of people don't say. If it's zero EV, you should hedge because all things being equal. Remember the game show Deal or No Deal? Mm -hmm. So let's say you've got like, you know, one suitcase has a dollar and one suitcase has a million. Right. All right. That's too much. Say what the other suitcase has a hundred thousand. So it's it's there you want to hedge. And and someone offers you forty nine thousand dollars. You know what? I'll say it. I'll take the forty nine K. I think I will, too. You know what? Fifty fifty for a hundred thousand. That's that's you know what? Do you insure your car? You know, it's like you really should just have, you know, you know, coverage for if you run over some liability sheet. only. Yeah, yeah. Have, have the liability. But most people insure their car. You know why? They really don't want to total their car and have to buy a new car, even sure. if they've got the money in the bank. And so, like, that's a decision, that, a risk averse decision that most people, you know, wind up making. And I think that, you know, in, in many ways, as long as it's only a tiny negative EV now in deal or no deal, if they offered me. You know, thirty thousand. I'd be like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know. But as long as it was almost, you know, zero. So the bottom line is, if I could get a way to to go ahead and bet against the Celtics and get a fair deal, I would do it. But you know what? You don't think you're going to get that? They're playing the most ultra public now of public teams in Golden State. And Golden State, you, you mentioned all the reasons, and I agreed with them. All the reasons why Golden State's overrated, Curry. And and Clay not shooting their free throws well. The whole team not shooting their free throws well, and that would be indicative of the rest of the team sucking. And then all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm like, you know what? They still got Draymond. They got this pool guy. He's he's really good. And Andrew Wiggins. And is they got talked that Andrew Wiggins might be might be the MVP yeah. of the Western Conference Finals. And I'm like, that's 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 like the big five. That's not a big three. That's a big five suddenly. So is there maybe an opportunity? And let's just assume for the sake of this exercise that the Celtics and Warriors both win their series. Let's just say for the sake of this exercise, Warriors finish it off tonight. Mm-hmm. Celtics finish it off tomorrow night. If the Celtics win game one, does that then give you an opportunity to hedge off on the Warriors some? So Golden State will be the the home team, though, right? Golden State will be the home team. Boston wins game one in San Francisco. Possibly so. The, I, I, mean, I think the favorite flips at that point, right, McKenzie? Well, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, Golden State be like minus 150. And if Boston wins game one, Boston becomes like minus 180, I think. Minus, ooh, that's big. Something. Okay. Some, well, I'm flipping at 130 cents because normally I'd flip at 100 cents for like 
But they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll, that's too much. All right, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe minus 160, something okay. like that. Um, but again, there's going to be people like Golden State and people like in Boston. Mm-hmm. Work the phones a little bit. Call yeah. around. See, say, there might be someone out there that's like, oh, I absolutely love the Celtics to beat Golden State. Oh, you love the Celtics? Well, here's the best market number. I'll give you three cents better. You're going to bet it anyways. Bet but, it against me. But to my point, doesn't that give you the best opportunity to hedge out of that ten to one? Now After, that you now that you've got now the Celtics are favored, you've got that ticket in hand. Yes. at ten to one. And I got two kicks at the can. I could say, you know what? I'll wait, and if they lose game one, hopefully they get game two, and then at one one they're coming back home, and then I can go ahead and maybe maybe I invest in Golden State, and then and again I don't have to get flat. I, if I bet a thousand on Golden State, I know it's not life-changing money, but if I can if I can hedge it for free, all things being equal, if it was a fi- if, if it's fifty, if it's one one, and the line is pick them, you know, the rest of the series, and I can get Golden State minus one hundred, and I'm going to win ten thousand or lose a thousand on my ten to one ticket, and someone said, you know, you can you can go ahead and cash out for that. I'll go ahead and give you Golden State even money at this point. Sure, I, mean, I'll put three thousand on it or something. You, you know? mentioned uh, Mr. Cornegay. Uh, he has posted the Warriors minus 130, Celtics plus 110, the opening odds for I, that series. I think that's a bad number, and here's why. You think it's a bad number in which way? I think Golden – let me think about this. You think Golden State should be more like minus 150? I think Gold, Golden State well, – that's interesting. I thought Golden State would come higher because they're currently minus 130 to win the NBA, all right? It's, but, but it's almost an assumption that yeah. they're, they're in the finals. Yeah, but if they play Miami, they're going to be like minus 230. You know, they're going to be some crazy. I know it's unlikely. They have that series up too, minus 280 right now at the West Coast. Yeah, my, my, my minus 230. You know, I'm always critical of others. I'll be critical of myself. That was a terrible number. I put minus 230. Of course, Golden State's going to be more than minus 230. Yeah. You know, that's, so, that's, so that's an example, but I did spend one second setting my line, not meeting with my senior <laughs> analyst and actually posting it. Yes. So at that number. All right, I, I take it back. I think, I think that's a good number. I think Golden State is home, and I think the two teams. Are comparable, uh, Mackenzie. If we have two week, according to our um, binomial distribution, which we've lost a little confidence in, if two teams are dead equal, and just one team is home home court, so uh, what would the chance of the home team winning? If you assume three for home court, minus one thirty plus one hundred. So so Jay is saying these two teams are equal. You know what? I think I think the market thinks Golden State's better now. I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but now. With a lot of the injuries, a combination of Golden State for the most part has stayed pretty healthy, and my and this Miami series, Boston, both teams are getting all banged up. McKenzie, what have we heard? Because we're we're talking about Golden State staying healthy, and really the only they they lost Gary Payton, mm-hmm. which was broken elbow, but they said he might come back. I keep hearing Andre Iguodala is supposed to come back at some point. Is there any update on those two guys? Are they going to be there for the finals? And at this point. Who's the third guy that got in? Does it even make sense for them to have them there in the finals? Otto Porter Jr. also had a foot injury, missed game five, or he's going to miss game five. I think they'll both be back for the finals. Iguodala, I mean. Whose minutes do they eat into? Probably Kaminga doesn't play instead. Um, but he, I mean, he Wiggins would, probably plays a few, few less minutes. Is, Looney. Is, does Porter move the, the needle at all, McKenzie? No. He's, he's, like, yeah. their, he's like their eighth guy, seventh yeah. or eighth guy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Iguodala and Peyton just specifically bring a specific skill perimeter defense that they don't have. I mean, Wiggins has performed well, but those are the two guys they would put on the best 
offensive player if they had their drudgers. And Wiggins, I, I think, you know, you said perimeter defender, and I, I think that's a good a good way to put it. Because when you're defending Luka, I mean, you do you have to defend on the perimeter sometimes? Sure. But defending Luka is a lot more of a task than being a perimeter defender. Like, the, the Celtics, their guards aren't going to do the things that Luka does. That's a great point. So, it, like, it would be better for them to have a Peyton or, or – or, and I, I, I guess I just assume Iguodala's defense is still going to be very high level, but I don't know. Um, but, I mean, obviously the more bodies you've got on, on hand, the better. But I keep hearing, oh, they're coming back, they're coming back, and then they, they just don't come back. But it also could be because the Warriors – don't need it. They haven't been pushed. They haven't been in a position where it felt like, hey, if you're not 100%, we need you to come back anyway. We need you at 75%. Didn't play very well against Memphis, but Memphis missing their best player in the second half of yeah. the series. Certainly, you know, we talk about Boston getting some breaks with injuries. That's pretty pretty nice break for, for you know, and a pretty nice route that Golden State doesn't have to face the Phoenix Chokers, and they get to go ahead and play a Dallas team. That doesn't it seem like, Dallas is a little bit happy to have made the conference final. Oh, we talked about this on SOV. We gave the quotes from Jason Kidd and from Luka Doncic. They were like, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still learning. This is my first time in a conference finals. When this is over, I'm going to go back and I'm going to see what I what, what mistakes I made. It's like Doesn't it feel like <laughs> when Dallas loses game 5 to Golden State by 5? Uh-huh. That on the flight back they're going to stop in Vegas and go to XS and or whatever club. They're in Vegas, happy, like break Jason, out the ace of spades. The head coach of a team in the Western Conference Finals. Now, granted, they were down three zero, but their head coach said, "We've already exceeded expectations. They have. We we, we weren't supposed to be here. They were garbage. For this half has been the a year. great season for us, regardless of what happens in this series." Mm-hmm. That's not the mindset you want for a team that's like fighting for their lives. Looks like, like it worked okay for them game four. But then people come in with playing with the old house money. money. They're yeah. fast and loose. And you know, McKenzie they made fa- their threes. McKenzie found numbers on both these things. That McKenzie, what were the uh, the teams that were down 3-0? What were they against the spread in game fours? They're now 43%, 33, and 44 since 2000. So RJ really was good, spot on on this. So you've got this trend that game four teams down 0-3 get their ass kicked. Right. Now, McKenzie— But the money flows onto Dallas. Well, right. But McKenzie found something that went totally against that because what's Golden State, you know, in the in the Kerr Close era out. in these closeout spots up 3-0? Uh, I'd looked at it since 2018 after they won their second championship post that— Every time they've had a chance to close out a series prior to Game Six, there's been ten games they've covered one time. Maybe Dray- one in nine ATS. Maybe Jeez. Draymond Green going out for some barbecue to celebrate, you know, a Game Five win. You know, to, uh, just not taking the next game as serious as he should. Sorry, Draymond. Actually, Draymond looks pretty good, don't you think, McKenzie? No, I don't Health think one? he's been great in this Mavericks series. No, as... I'm saying like weight wise versus. Oh, yeah. he, he, physically, he looks yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I this this particular matchup, it almost feels like his. His best skills are being negated, and but but it's also making guys like Kevon Looney better. You yes. know, guys who aren't as good are are looking better. So, the, I think the Mavericks and the Warriors are a, a, a interesting and unique matchup for each mm-hmm. other. Uh, all right, so comparing the Celtics and the Warriors, you do you think saying that they're even teams is fair? All along, I've said that the Celtics were not just better, but they. Better by a good tick, by a, by a point. But I tell you what, 
you know, looking at the depth that Golden State is showing, I think they're equal now. I got them dead here. Who's better, McKenzie? I think the Celtics are better, but I don't think – I think the Warriors having made, you know, five finals in a row has got to be to their benefit. So I think it's close. So you think the Celtics are better if they played in the regular season, but in the playoffs you, you think Golden State's better? Yes. Especially well, deep in the playoffs I just, experience I, really matters. I, I still think – and I, I think there, you've certainly been taxed on this – but what we saw of the Warriors in this regular season was never the best of them. And we hadn't seen the best of them until the playoffs. And I think the Warriors, at their best, are right there with maybe preseason Brooklyn if they were at their best. But they just never had the chance to be. Boy, they didn't look very good closing out Memphis, though. They did not look good those last three games. They won one of those games by like 20-something points. I mean, they that that what that wasn't a close series even. They, they, I mean, I, I get that they lost a game in a blowout. They lost that game one thirty four to ninety five or whatever. They, they Maybe won. I'm just selectively remembering it wrong. They won. The, they won the closeout game by fourteen points. Uh, you know, they won game four by thirty. Mm-hmm. Like they, I don't know. It's, it still ends up being a four game to two series. It did Memphis have? And it goes back to the closeout game. Did they? Kind of let their guard down in a closeout game, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't. That's a good I, point, and that's what that, you know. That's what Golden State does. Yeah. And by the way, Memphis was the freaking two seed in the West. They had the second best record in the NBA. McKenzie, what good. was their biggest bet of the NBA season wins? Grizzlies over fifty four and a half. Yes, fifty three. Fifty three and a half. They won fifty six. We played that during the All Star break. And like we looked at this, and it's like Memphis has to like go like two games above five hundred in the second half in the, in the, of the season, and like and they're freaking great, and and then they lose Morant's like plays in only a third of the games, and they still soar yeah. over. Now you could argue, well, maybe they're better without him. I don't know. I, w- I actually went and cashed that ticket this week. I went down to Mandalay and and cashed that one in. Uh, that was th- thanks to you. Uh, all right, so you think even is fair. I still McKenzie leans to the Celtics. I think I just I still lean to the Warriors being uh, slightly better. Don't bet the Warriors. Call me because I've got this position on the Celtics. So right. you can see you see where we're going. So you don't you don't need to lay minus one thirty. This this goes back to our, our hedging concept. If you were about to bet the Warriors minus one thirty because they're better in their home, mm-hmm. you'd why would you lay minus one thirty? You know, poor Fez has this big Boston you yeah. know um, position. You uh, you offer me minus one one twenty. You say I'll take Golden State minus. Um, I guess wait a minute. Then then I would be. I, I'm sorry, I'm completely wrong. We, I'm because I'm looking to bet the other way. So I need to bet on Golden State. Yeah, I need to find someone who likes Boston. Strike that. Reverse it. So you Bully need McKenzie says yeah. So McKenzie. When did I say I was leaning towards Boston? I said oh, you said Celtics Boston better, was a better, but better team. I think the Warriors' advantage in the finals makes this line about right. I you know, want to bet Golden State minus one twenty. So anyone, but, but but I don't want to go go on air and say there's no official play here at all because I've been pro Boston the whole way at ten to one, and I will stick with my Boston bet. I am not hedging my Boston bet unless I get an extreme rogue line back on Golden State. This, if the Warriors do close this out tonight. Uh, they will join some elite company, at least in the the modern NBA era. This would be their sixth NBA Finals appearance in an eight-year span. A guy named Michael Jordan did that. The Showtime Lakers did that. Shaq and Kobe never did it. LeBron's never done it. Tim Duncan never did it. I mean, this is a pretty a, a pretty elite group uh, to to go to six finals 
in eight seasons. And I, and then I started thinking about it. And of course, the Bulls did win all six. They did. Yeah, yeah but certainly. But I mean, six. Just the, the fact that there's only two franchises who have done this. Right. Well, since like you know. Not going back to the Celtics when there were eight teams in the league. We were all but, sleeping on Golden State, you know, and and, and I know, and and straight out of Vegas, we kept having that discussion of, boy, Golden State was ten to one, and now why are they six to one? Now why are they four to one? And I get and that, they, and maybe yeah, you know, we were just wrong. I, well, don't say we because I was the one who was getting called the square ball because I liked Golden it's State. It's a team concept here, right? It's but a team, <laughs> there is no I in team, sir. Uh, but yeah, I, I it was. I think at some point, though, you have to go, well, th- that was – there There was something to the Warriors getting healthy at the right time. And, and to be fair, you know, and not everyone can be right on everything, but I'm sure there's there's like a listener out there that say, oh, these guys at pregame have no idea what they're talking about. I was all over Golden State undervalued, and no one ever listens to me. Why aren't I on national radio? And maybe you should be, whoever is thinking that. Now, to be fair, RJ's asked me this many times – do I think there was an overreaction from before the playoffs started till like two games in the playoffs? It was already a, a massive reaction. Mm. I think there was a massive overreaction. But I think at the same time, Golden State was probably uh, they were too cheap to begin with. Like they they yeah. like there probably should have been a uh, or or they their their odds should have been shorter. I should say because they were a different team coming into these playoffs, and it's a t- really it's a team that we've seen have this kind of success, so it shouldn't be that shocking to us. Yes, and I do think be careful about the media narratives on things. Like I, I keep hearing, "Oh, Milwaukee would have beaten Boston if um, if they would have had Middleton." Bullshit! Bullshit! <laughs> they Boston outscored them by fifty points in that series. Maybe they could have gotten another game. You know, none of those four wins by the Celtics were close. And when it's Middleton worth seven points a game, yeah, Milwaukee would have had a better chance. You, you, you rewind it, you put Middleton on the team, they play again on a neutral court. Milwaukee ain't favored. I, no way. I've heard people say, did the Celtics get lucky because they played the Bucks without Middleton? Now they're playing the Heat with a banged-up Jimmy Butler and no Tyler Hero. But I would argue they having to play the Nets in round one negates any luck that they could have had. And also, they've had some bad injury luck themselves. They've been missing key guys, you know, kind of in and out. Smart, Horford. Yeah, and yeah, Robert Tat- Williams. And Tatum's had various um, uh, injuries, you know, yeah. that he's played through. So I would say Still that's, that's all evened out in my mind. Yeah. I, I don't think the Celtics are lucky to be here. And McKenzie makes a good point. LeBron did make eight straight finals, not all with one team. So that that's what... That's where it kind of gets blurry. So mm-hmm. he didn't have one team go to the final eight straight years. But uh, but my point on that was we kind of forget about this. The Boston Celtics are in their fourth Eastern Conference Finals in six years. Four out of the last six years. Now, we don't think of Boston as a team who's there every year and, because and they Le- haven't won one yet. And LeBron beat them twice. LeBron beats them twice. We'll the Heat beat them the, in the we'll bubble. throw them under the bus for the bubble. But it was the bubble. You know, that was... Um, that was really a strange year. Uh, yeah, but we I guess I I didn't even think about it. The the Buc- or the the Celtics are there in the Eastern Conference Finals for the last 6 years. Yeah. I mean, that just you you would think we'd be looking at them as like an elite team in the NBA these days and we don't because they haven't won one of those Eastern Conference Finals. You know, one thing I wanted to mention and we talked about it pre-production was the popularity of the NBA is exploding. And the best evidence is these playoffs suck. 
I mean, they're great for 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 pro gamblers. And let me address like That's I'm having <laughs> I'm having a great NBA playoff run. Mm-hmm. But part of it is, and I know this sounds wacky, everybody's winning in the NBA right now. Know why? Because like there's some tried and true methods that the pros are going to line up, but they're going to play more unders than overs, mm-hmm. especially in certain games. And they're going to tend to zigzag, not all the time, but a lot of the time on certain games. All right. And so the bottom line is the line moves and the sharps have just been crushing the NBA. Mackenzie, how many units are you up in the NBA playoffs? Uh, in the NBA playoffs alone, 33. Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, and I yeah. didn't even know. I was just, I was confident. Like, this is a sort and, and I know this sounds crazy. Someone walks up and says, I'm up four units in the NBA playoffs. It's like, dude, you're doing terrible. <laughs> or you're you just know? not playing. You it's, played... it's, it's like you're playing in the Phoenix Waste Open with no wind <laughs> and you're four under par. Guess what? <laughs> Everyone else is eight under par after the first round. And and there are some years that's the opposite. My buddy, the Midnight Cowboy, used to say, like, after the end of like a certain football weekend, he'd be like, absolutely impossible to win if you know what you're doing, you know, in terms of yeah. sides and totals, because it get you know, game goes overtime and everyone sharp had the under and you lose. And, and the and and things like that. So um, it's been a bull market, no doubt, for the for the sharps in the NBA, and that probably means the books did great because the public loves to bet overs and things. And what's fascinating is these have been terrible games. Terrible. But McKenzie pointed out to me, the ratings are good. Ratings are up. So think about how good they'd be if it was anything like the NFL playoffs, where I think you mentioned, like when you got that down to the final eight teams, every game came down to the last possession. The uh, after the wild card round of the NFL. There were seven games played. Six of them were decided by exactly three points. The seventh one was the Bills-Chiefs overtime game that was probably the best football game of the last five years. Yeah. So it's like they had a – and granted, you're not going to have that every year. Got the Rams struggling with the Niners and then the Rams in Tampa Bay going with a big comeback. They were just great games. Bengals at Tennessee. They Ass throwing the three interceptions that you know <laughs> cost the Titans in the game, and then the Chiefs Bengals. It's so close. All these games. You know what game of these playoffs? The entire NBA playoffs that I remember is like the most entertaining game I've watched. G- g- game one, Brooklyn Boston. Boston. Brooklyn. That yeah, was it. That that's was, it. <laughs> that was it. It was like like we saw Tatum make that you know yes. that, that play with point two seconds. Like this is going to be the greatest NBA playoffs. So I'm ever thinking- look wide open. Like eight teams can win. We are going to have the bestest playoffs ever, and then they've sucked. So it's funny going back in time and thinking, okay, what was the best game I've seen going back to? April fifteenth or whenever the, the fact you and started. I landed on the same game immediately because there haven't there's been like three good games that was the and just the fact that that was game one I was and of course it was I mean it was a really anticipated series we all knew that was going to be a, a fun series but there just haven't been moments like that since where oh it's the been only like, the only moment I have is the gut punch I think it was in the Phoenix game that I had under and it was winning by like twenty five points but the team was down fifty and it got over. Because they scored seventy three points in the fourth quarter, and I've like omitted it from memory. You know that that was the, that was the drama on the total. But yeah, sides not. Uh, let me let me just say, if there was an over under, they do this for the, the for the tournament, the big dance, mm-hmm. buzzer beaters. Yeah, not many, not many, not many. The the last time there was a one possession game in these playoffs was May eleventh, two weeks ago. Mm. And the Bucks and the uh, and the Celtics, the the, the uh, Bucks won that one, one ten, one oh seven. That's the last time there was a one possession. So we've gone two weeks. See, Boston without, could have won that series five two without any real drama in the playoffs. 
And I thought may, there was a moment last night, uh, in or no, two nights ago, in Game Four of the uh, the Dallas and Warriors series, where all the the scrub players were. I say the scrubs. The B team was in for the Warriors, and they were they went from down thirty to down eight. And I was like, now this would be one of those games that we would talk about is like, wow. Yeah, here's our one shining moment. They're yeah, going to have to get it like a new song. You know, yeah. Maybe they could get like Sledgehammer or but something. Then it didn't happen, and they lose by 10, and it was just another double-digit result. But had they come back and actually... Who's watching these games in the fourth quarter? How are they getting any ratings? Dopey idiots like me who know I'm going to be asked about it on the radio tomorrow. Oh, I'm doing my USFL handicapping. That's paying off <laughs> yeah, handsomely. Who's, who's watching those games? Just you. It's only By the you. way, USFL, this interesting eight straight overs. Um, 11 of the last 12 games have gone over. So maybe, maybe there's been some change in the officiating that um, they're um, calling more penalties on defense than offense. I don't know, but... Um, all of a sudden, the teams have shown a lot more competence on offense, or maybe, and this is what my theory is, A.J., it's hot in Birmingham. It sure looks like early in the season, no one could score in the second half in these USFL games, and now these defenses are just melting during the second half. So I'm going to give the people one last crack at this coupon code. Uh, it expires uh, on Tuesday, May 31st, so it's good on Memorial Day. Uh, which is May 30th, uh, but once Memorial Day is gone, it's gone. One use per customer. It is USA20, USA20. You can use that promo code on any package or subscription from your favorite pros at pregame, including the rest of 22 All Access. That means whoever your favorite pro is, all sports, uh, all, All Access for over seven months, which includes almost the entirety of football season, uh, and th- that's that's less money than a normal six-month all-access would cost. So basically you're getting a month for free. You pay less, you get more. Uh, right now, those the rest of 22 is going for $8.95. With this coupon, pay $7.16 when you use that code USA20. And you'll get better numbers. So by example, I'm going to give out a pod best bet right now. I'm going to go ahead and give out week one NFL, Carolina Panthers, plus four and a half. Nope, that's what I gave out to my premium clients. I can give out plus four now. There's still a few plus fours out there. Um, you know, I don't understand this line, and I think I think it has a real potential to go south of three. So Cleveland Browns are at Carolina. I don't think Watson's playing. So now we're going to have Brissette quarterback for Cleveland? Still quarterback edge to Cleveland. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, really? No, no here's why. Because Sam Darnold is better than Brissett by a little bit. Not a lot. Mm. I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback. We still have G running around. We still have Baker running around. You know, there's not many teams need quarterbacks anymore. So Seattle needs a quarterback, and uh, Carolina needs a quarterback, and there's two guys. Wouldn't those be the logical landing spots? We don't need that to happen. As long as right. Watson's suspended, we'll be fine. This line will drop to three. But if we pick, if we pick up one of those guys – this line could go to one. If know? Watson gets, if Watson's not suspended week one, though, you feel like eh, it goes to five. Who cares? Asymmetric okay. risk. You're catching four. Now it'll be five. You're, it's it's not going to land four or five. I'll be honest with you, and I know RJ, if RJ were here, he would say that's square. That's square, and he play Huey. 
I'm not looking to bet on the Carolina Panthers wanna at all bet, this year. Want to bet me $5,000 the line I, goes down instead no, of No, I don't want to so bet that. So it's not so square. Mackenzie, you want to bet me that the line will go upward versus down? No, I'll I'm pass. saying he'd call me square for saying this. Well, as soon as I made that offer to him, he'd, he'd immediately turn around and say, you know what, maybe not so square when because um, I do think it's one of those situations. And if it moves, think about it. If it moves upwards, it's only going to move up a point. Right. There's if no it way it'll get down to three. Downward, it, it could move through the key number of three. Yeah. Now, RJ does, directionally, I would agree with them. Carolina's a bad team. Yeah. We don't want to bet on Carolina very many times this year, but uh, this this is one of those times where I absolutely would go for it. Mackenzie, going to endorse this play? I do. All right. Well, there we go. Did we bet this? I can't remember if you got down on this. Mackenzie? I have, no, I have not bet this with our uh, syndicate of two. You were doing you were doing lunch with the girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, it must have been. That's fine. Good. Uh, I think you put it on our text thread. I don't think I don't think it had any instructions. <laughs> that means better. Ah, no, gotcha. No, it's, no, actually, to be fair, it, so I send I send um, AJ and I send Mackenzie my plays, but Mackenzie also has some access to some books I don't have access to. So we're like a little two man syndicate. So if I do want him to get down any of the plays, not only will I send the play, I'll say Mackenzie, get down for us a yes. golden nugget. Or Treasure Island or right. wherever, you know, I can't play. Yes. Yeah. So that's – normally there's instructions when you want McKenzie to bet something. Yeah, yeah. Just if to, there's to, no instructions. To cover McKenzie's ass there. If there's there. no instructions, he's not supposed to bet. But he certainly I would never if, – if he came back and said, hey, I played this, and he got the number I gave out, I'd be like, that's fine. Okay. All right. That will do it for another Fezzik Focus podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. I had a, I had a lot of fun with this one. I think we had some 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 good stuff that nobody else this has. One? This is one of the longer episodes, it feels like. Right, McKenzie? Yeah, over an hour, guys. Going, going heavy. Putting in big-time work today, boys. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your friend's girlfriend. Tell them all. <laughs> tell Jennifer Harmon, who's got yes. to be having a great day. But get, tell them what to, a great lady. Tell them to subscribe. Jennifer Harmon always looks sad when she's playing poker. Well, she needed a kidney transplant when she I know, was she looks, they were showing her. She's, oh, she always looks like she's in pain. Yeah. You know, the, the, I believe she's the one when they had that billionaire tycoon, I think from Texas, mm-hmm. was playing like all these pro poker players. And, and the cards were going good for him. And he was beating the pros because there's a lot of luck in poker. Sure. I think they, Jennifer Harmon was the stopper that came in and uh, took it to this guy. There you and go. Saved the syndicate. So she was happy that day. Everyone was. Good for her. All right. We will uh, we will talk to you guys later on this week. But like I said, subscribe. Get the baseball pod. Get the get the uh, the golf pod. Get the obviously the dream preview that we do on Tuesday is the best stuff we got. So uh, so appreciate you guys listening. We will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.